Welcome back, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into Propaganda Watch, and this week we're going to be examining the hot new trend that's sweeping the nation. No, I don't mean eating Tide Pods. That was so 2017. And no, of course I don't mean vaping. We're not allowed to do that anymore. What I'm talking about is drinking pesticide. And you may think I'm joking, but actually... Well, let's start this story back in 2015 when... Loyal viewers of The Corbett Report will remember I released a video on how to make a lobbyist squirm where Patrick Moore was invited to drink some glyphosate because it's perfectly safe for human consumption. Why don't you drink some? And strangely enough, he didn't drink the pesticide. I do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, uh, it, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. But you, not, not really, but... Not really? I know it wouldn't hurt I mean, me. If, if, if you say so, I have some glyphosate. No, no, I'm not stupid. Ah, okay, so you... you, you no, but I know... So that, it's dangerous, I right? Know, I know people try to commit suicide no, with no, it and fail no, fairly regularly. Tell the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. No, it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of glyphosate? No, I'm not an idiot. Interview me about golden rice. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, then it's finished. Then the interview is finished. That's a a good way to solve things. Yeah. You're a complete jerk. What a wuss. He doesn't even have the gumption to put his intestinal tract where his mouth is. No, it takes a real man to step up to the plate, grab hold of that bare santo goodness, and take a long, big swig downing it for science in the American way. A real man like Professor Tony Shelton of Cornell. It's very safe to humans and the environment. In fact, I have some right here. Anyone want to try it? (laughs) Not great tasting, but it's not bad. Anyone want to try it? Jonathan. I do not want to try it. Thank you, Tony. It's really good. No, thank you. You don't know. Okay. Sure. Yeah, right. It's it's not great tasting, but it won't make you sick. The reason it's it has a protein in it that when it when an insect ingests it, that protein lodges with a particular gut receptor and causes the insect to get a big stomach ache and die. The insect essentially starves to death. Oh, you thought I was joking, weren't you? But no, the, uh, the hottest new college campus trend that'll be sweeping the nation and the world very soon if certain professors have their way. And we get more information on this stunt, and it is a stunt, from independentsciencenews.org, which had an article up about it in May of this year. As a GMO stunt, professor tasted pesticide and gave it to students. Imagine you're an undergraduate attending an Ivy League university. You go to a routine department seminar. In the middle of his presentation, the professor picks up a container from the lectern. He says it contains a pesticide. As he opens it, a faint cloud of brown powder rises from the tub. It is says he, very safe. Then he digs his finger into the container and tastes some of the contents. He offers it to a man in the front row, who twice refuses it. Walking back to the center of the room, the professor looks towards you and pushes the container in your direction. Apparently, he wants you to join him in eating pesticide. What should you do? 
This scene does not need to be imagined. Here's the clip, and there is a link to the video itself. It occurred at a Cornell University department seminar titled, Biotechnology is Helping Resource-Poor Eggplant Farmers in Bangladesh. So why is GM Watch against it? That took place in March 2019. The pesticide in question is the insecticide Dipel, and Dipel is the proprietary name for a preparation derived from fermenting the bacterium B. thuringiensis, a gut pathogen of many species, including humans. Dipel is obtained by partially purifying the fermented mixture so that the final pesticide is composed of several different crytoxins, which are considered to be the active ingredients, along with bacterial cell spores and cell debris. Dipel and similar products have long been used in spray programs against forest and agricultural pests. Dipel is also used in organic agriculture. Consuming Dipel has health, ethical, and legal implications. Feeding Dipel to one's students creates an impressive list of problematic issues. They include safety concerns, ethics concerns, questionable science, and, not least, by eating a pesticide and encouraging his students to do the same, the professor and his students broke the law. Beginning with science, one can ask what scientific point is demonstrated by eating a pesticide. Whether one survives tasting Dipel says nothing about its safety. Eating is therefore simply a stunt. Moreover, if the professor truly thought this was a science experiment, then he needs reminding that experiments on human subjects require informed consent and ethics approval at the institutional level. However, no specific information about Dipel or its safety record was imparted to the audience. For instance, the professor could have, but did not, read out the official warning on the label, of which more later. The second issue concerns ethics. It is surely inappropriate for a professor ever to offer a pesticide to their students. Interactions between students and professors embody power imbalances that are considerable. Some might say futile. Students depend on their professors for grades and recommendations. Public seminars are a further pressure situation for students. The presence of senior departmental faculty at the seminar increases the pressure. Refusing the clear expectation of one faculty member in the presence of loudly guffawing others is not something that most students would do lightly. A professor's invitation to eat a pesticide is therefore not likely to be perceived by students as a free choice. Is Dipel perfectly safe? It's hard to agree that Dipel and Dipel-type products are very safe. In 1999, Bernstein et al. reported finding immune responses to crytoxins in workers exposed to sprays of Dipel-type products. These researchers were investigating Dipel in the first place because, in 1992, the use of BT, a Dipel-type spray, in an Asian gypsy moth control program was associated with classic allergic rhinitis symptoms, exacerbations of asthma, and skin reactions among exposed individuals reporting possible health effects after the spraying operation. Unfortunately, there was no follow-up. Similar findings occurred during another BT spring in the spring of 1994. As well noted, Bernstein and colleagues' rashes and edema swelling were reported after a Dipel spray program in Oregon. In subsequent research, Dokes et al. concluded, exposures to these microbial biopesticides may confer a risk of IgE-mediated sensitization. I'll let you go on reading through the scientific and technical and legal details, as well as the corporate connections that problematize this interaction, to say the very least. And we can all hold our breath for the same people who would decry professors abusing their power over their students in any other context, in any other situation, to find anyone who 
is decrying this particular context, this particular situation of a professor clearly using his intimidation and power over his students to make them do something that may not be in their best interests and certainly does not involve informed consent, decrying those people as, oh, you're crazy conspiracy theorists, or, oh, you're anti-science. As I say, we'll hold our breath for those, uh, those self-same people who would decry this in any other context to decry it in this context. In the meantime, I did have a chance to talk to uh, Jonathan Latham, who I did have on the program earlier uh, last month. Uh, I did have a talk, to, had a chance to talk to him about this article on Independent Science News, which he should know advisedly, because in that video, when Professor Shelton offers the pesticide first to Jonathan, and Jonathan refuses, that is Jonathan Latham. He was at the lecture, and he was offered to eat the pesticide, and people loudly guffawed when he declined twice in that lecture. Um, so I had the chance to ask uh, Dr. Latham about what, it exact, what exactly was it that Professor Tony Shelton was trying to accomplish with this stunt? What was he attempting to demonstrate here? I, I think that's a great question. I mean, I mean, you know, nobody was proposing to follow up on the health of the students, right? So this is not technically a scientific experiment. So, so the question is, what, you know, what is the meaning of doing this? I mean, he's basically, he's basically showing, I guess, when he eats it, he's showing his own confidence. Uh, you know, he came and offered it to me. I was, I was at that lecture. He came and offered it to me first, and he appeared to simply want to embarrass me because he knew I wasn't going to accept it. And he'd already, he already actually, before the, before the thing taught, he said that he was going to offer me some. And I didn't actually believe him. I thought, well, that's ridiculous. And, um, and so, so it's impossible really to say what it, what it was that he, he was really intending to do. I mean, the, the, you know, there, there are a lot of examples of people who have you know, offered to eat pesticides. But for the most part, they haven't actually done it. You know, they just make this claim as a way of kind of intimidating people into, into believing that, that they know what they're talking about. But I would say, you know, there's, there's many, many reasons why, you know, you wouldn't want to do that. And, and, you know, one of them is just the uncertainty of science. And I went into that some in the article. Once again, that is Jonathan Latham of independentsciencenews.org. And as I say, you can go and read through that full article uh, that he wrote and that accompanies that video where he is asked to taste the pesticide and refuses for more information about that specific incident. But looking at the broader picture of what this really represents, I think it is important to highlight instances of this where clearly... People often are concerned about propaganda spreading on campus, but it's generally in the context of, you know, what are the, what's the new postmodernist students getting up to, rather than issues like this. And I think this is an important vector for propaganda, and one that would not be seen as such by many of the people in that room. Oh, it was just, he was just tasting some pesticide and offering to student, what's the big deal? But as Jonathan Latham points out in that article, I mean, not only does it raise scientific issues, what was the scientific purpose of that? Nothing. It raises ethical issues, certainly, about health and safety and informed consent. And it also raises legal issues, as he goes on to detail in that article. And I think this is an aspect that, uh, 
again, is not, as far as I know, there was absolutely no disciplinary action taken for Professor Shelton for this grievous action. If you are concerned about it, you might want to raise this with uh, the Cornell uh, appropriate authorities there to deal with issues like this and make sure it does not happen again. But having said all of that, there is one bright spot that we can take out of this particular piece of propaganda, and that's that you can tell this entire lecture was a piece of concerted propaganda designed to convince you specifically of a point. Did you catch it? The title of the lecture, Biotechnology is Helping Resource-Poor Eggplant Farmers in Bangladesh. So why is GM Watch against it? GM Watch, for those who don't know, of course, like it the title might imply, is looking at genetically modified organisms and biotechnology and all of these fancy buzzwords for the genetic engineering of the, the human uh, genome and the planet and uh, all of the agricultural products and all of this and the pesticides that go along with it and the health effects of these. GMWatch.org is a great resource for information on this and they do deep dives and they do investigative reports and they do have constant updated information about the latest moves in this particular arena. So, at the very least, we can use Professor Shelton's propaganda lecture against itself and say, hey, he's trying to warn you away from GM Watch. I'm trying to say, hey, this is a good resource, guys. You should check it out. So, I invite you all to go and take a look at gmwatch.org. Of course, if you need the link, it will be linked up in the show notes for today's presentation, along with everything else that I talk about. That's going to do it for this week. I'm looking forward to talking to you again real soon. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.